Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast number 164. I am your host, David Palermo. If you don't already, please subscribe on iTunes to the Numb Bills Fan Podcast or wherever you find your podcast. Tell your friends about it, covering the NFL and primarily the Bills first out the gate. And uh, as always, follow along on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, try to stay active on Reddit as well. Really like the Reddit platform. When I get some time, been doing a lot of work lately, and that leads me away from staring at computer screens and reading articles. But as far as podcasting with the Bills and audio, always check out Lockdown Bills. Uh, you can't go wrong. Eric Turner at the head of it. Um, really killing it with Aaron Quinn, Nate Geary, and uh, Kevin Masarian. There's another dude I always forget his name. My bad. Um but make sure you follow along also on Grandstand Sports Network. Get there, grandstandsportsnetwork.com. A lot of great sports podcasts. Say so you want to find something new to subscribe to, flick it on. You might see something great or hear something great, like, say, Beyond the Blade, if you like the Sabres, good Sabres podcast. Check that out as well, also on the network. Um, lastly, brought to you by Punch Drunk Sports. Punch Drunk Sports is a podcast. Check it out. Three comedians from L.A., Jason Tebow, Ari Shafir, and Sam Tripoli. These guys are no jokes as far as comedians are concerned. Jason Tebow, we had him on a few podcasts ago previewing the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, he works for DirecTV's Red Zone. And he pretty much is Andrew Siciliano's ear. So that was a great podcast with him. Um, And really a pleasure to have him come on the podcast. So... Thank you, Jason Tebow, for that. Also, San Tripoli has uh, you know, a new album, I guess, coming out. So that should be cool. New comedy record. But check out his other podcast, Tinfoil Hat. Really interesting stuff. And as the title explains, it's really a comedic take on uh, outside-the-box thinking, essentially. So uh, check that out. And lastly, Ari Shafir. Love Ari Shafir. I would love to have Ari Shafir on the podcast. Probably my favorite comedian I've ever seen in my life. Hands down. And very personal, good dude. Uh, so Ari Shafir, it, shout out to him. Get on YouTube and type in "This is not happening." If you've never seen these storytelling shows that he puts on, they're amazing. So shout out to Ari Shafir. He also has a Netflix special called Double Negative up on Netflix, and it's pretty rad. So two forty-minute things all in one little package for you. So right now, I uh, I might have Kevin Masuri come on the podcast today. But uh, I had some thoughts to run through, and the Bills just came off of a loss. Just podcast with Adam Deacon, if you missed it, number 163, going over the Bills at, or I should say the Patriots coming into the Bills, and um, New Era Field. It was, you know, Deacon and I went over the game, but there are some things that I personally didn't hammer on or even know. Uh, I was listening to an interview with Reuben Brown from today, And I didn't realize, and he was on the John Murphy show, and he said he was down on the side, or on on the field, I think. And he saw the Patriots players, the Bills pretty much warmed up in a different spot. Well, it sounds like the Patriots players ran out of the locker room, out of the tunnel again, through the Bills sideline, acting like they didn't know where they were. That's two years in a row. That's two years in a row because remember Robert Blanton and Brissett as I was 
my memory was refreshed from last year during this conversation. So, um, and you were saying, you know, how him and Biscuit, they talked and they're like, yeah, we're not, we, Ruben and him talked, we want to deal with it. Great interview. Uh, I always listen to Ruben Brown on the John Murphy show every week. It's really insightful. Um, you know, he calls it how he sees it. Uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe he has plenty of money. I don't know, but, but he calls it how he sees it. And, you know, he's somebody I look, I, I've really grabbed my point about the offensive line. And there's all this coach speak out there. And you have to use their coach speak against the coaches in a way. So if they say that football starts in the trenches, an example, you know, gone over it many times. The offensive line play is, you know, it's X, it's the building, they're doing whatever, or coaches came in and didn't evaluate properly the coaches that should be coaching the talent at hand. I don't know what it is. But, you know, Ruben Brown kind of turned me on to watching and paying attention to the offensive line is my overall point. And from there, you know, once that's settled, I can start evaluating everything else. That said, this Patriots game, it was really abysmal. And again, you look at the stat line, and again, I, you know, if you listen regularly, I do tend to defend uh, Tyrod Taylor. And that's because he's one of the first quarterbacks I've seen in Buffalo where you can actually try to teach him to do certain things and he'll work on it. His knock, for example, the easiest one is he doesn't throw over the middle. Well, he did throw over the middle in some games prior when he was asked to. The ball has come out of his hands with another coaching staff quicker when asked. Then again, Tyrod Taylor holds on to the ball a lot. It's a totally different style of play from Nathan Peterman. And then Nathan somehow does not even play three quarters of football. And there's still a bunch of people hammering the table about Nathan Peterman, and even people close to me. And I don't understand because personally, I would rather get Brian Brom off the couch and start Brian Brom at 30 something years old. Yeah, Eric Wood's former quarterback in Louisville. Um, I'd rather start him probably than Nathan Peterman. I'm not trying to disrespect the man, but I don't think Brian Brown got a fair shot. And I am not even kidding because that ball was out of his hands quick in preseason. So I would love to talk to a former player and find out what happened with Brian Brown. What was his deal? Because that guy was touted to be a number one like early first-round pick if he didn't go back to school. And he went back to school his senior year, and then he was a second-round pick from the Packers. Word is, or at least from what I thought, was he didn't like being on the Packers because they already had Aaron Rodgers. But I don't think, I think that was a year they didn't really know if Aaron Rodgers was totally solid or not. Because, you know, all right, talking on my butthole. But, all right, so, yeah, I don't think Brian Brown got a fair shot, okay? Nathan Peterman, he goes into the Patriots game and he showed me that he learned nothing immediately slinging that ball around. Ball's immediately out. And I worry, okay, here's the update. Here's how this rolls into the Patriots game, rolls into the Colts, okay? Very simple. Tyrod Taylor has not practiced until Thursday. Tyrod Taylor practiced Thursday, which is today when I'm recording this, um, the week before the Indianapolis Colts game. And... Tyrod only did individual work in practice. Joe Webb was also running 
behind Nathan Peterman as Nathan Peterman took the number one reps. So there's a few ideas here. If Joe Webb is practicing, right, does that mean that Joe Webb is just running the scout team at quarterback? Or could that mean that it was floated, I've heard, uh, that possibly Joe Webb is simulating Tyrod Taylor's reps to mimic the offense, right? If if Tyrod Taylor was in so that the, the line can get used to it, the other guy, you know, I don't know what they're doing. But you kind of wonder, or is this just more development for Joe Webb to maybe open up the playbook even more? I don't know. Um, who knows? But if Nathan Peterman starts, it'll be interesting. And my point is, is for this whole thing that I'm trying to get to here is, believe it or not, I'm actually more open to Nathan Peterman playing if Tyrod Taylor's hurt or seeing more Nathan Peterman than not. And the reason I say that is because I hate trying to defend under 100 yards passing. And at the same time, it makes me want to stick with Tyrod because if people want to quote Bill Belichick, right? So you want to use coach speak, okay? If people want to quote Bill Belichick, and say, you know, give Bill Belichick credit for something called situational football, the Bills are probably one of the worst teams in situational football and offense. Probably the worst team I've ever seen. Um, so that comes down to play calling to me. Um, if you listen around, you know, certain stations or certain shows – they talk, and I usually agree that they do not want to fire a coach. You know, why are we firing a coach for 12 games in? Maybe they have to do that for the people they work for. But I'm here to tell you, the reason after the season you relieve Rick Dennison of his duties is because I think McDermott gets a pass I think McDermott really does get a pass and here's why because McD checks off the boxes all right he checks off the boxes that are very good for representing your company he seems smart he's got a pedigree of hard work I've talked many times what it takes to be a wrestler on this podcast okay and I was a shitty high school wrestler like really bad like totally elemental game could wrestle smart and practice against guys who would go to states but as far as like going out there on the mat it was all mental and I lost a lot because of just like confidence or you know lights around you spotlight so when it comes to athletics I picked up adult hockey so it's kind of neat later on trying to reapply certain things as you pick up from coaches and encouragement and whatever and looking at things more from an X's and O's versus a personal standpoint and seeing out of your head and and it's really nice. And I think Sean McDermott, being a wrestler, he knows the mental fortitude for the level of wrestling he got to that it takes to be a champion. And I really love his, you know, his his mantra, his work ethic, this and that. But I, I've just seen a lot of players that we've seen play, play well get shipped out of the city. And that's Sammy Watkins, that's Darius. Now, you really, sh- you know, 
can't really live on that. Okay, I get that. At the same time, when you're running a company, you just don't get rid of investments. You just don't get rid of assets. That also said, I am not behind closed doors. I don't know what goes on at One Bills Drive. But I do know that in life, when I get privy to a situation, I'm like, yeah, fuck that. So, who knows? I don't have enough sources yet, and I'm saying yet, to find out what really went on. And I will say, at the end of the day, the coach represents the company nice. And he seems smart. I like Sean McDermott. I do not want to get rid of Sean McDermott. I'm a big Leslie Frazier fan. As I've told you many times, I've watched the Vikings many times. Um, I remember Childress. Um, you know, so I I really feel that Sean McDermott needs to redo the offensive side of the ball. And honestly, watching the offense, I feel that the coaches, the, the reason somebody's got to move, um, I would never want to make somebody, uh, you know, have to move their family or whatever. But they got four games here to really show that they can put something together. And four games is a long time. It's a whole quarter of the season. Remember the first four games? Were like, oh, man, it feels like forever to get through it, right? The Bills could make the playoffs in 10 and 6. This make no mistake, the Bills run game is getting better. You know what I mean? But is it really because the coaches are are learning their personnel? But I'm still not seeing screen games. I'm still not seeing Tyrod Taylor rolling out more, having running as an option. I'm seeing a quarterback in Tyrod Taylor that is forced to do things that he does not want to do or is not comfortable to do, which is all fine and dandy. But we fans have seen this kid play for two years. I should say man. Okay? We have seen Tyrod Taylor play for two years. We know he does not light up the passing stats. But to have not more than three balls for more than 25 yards in this offense, what are we talking about here? We got receivers getting hurt. Uh, we have a rookie NFL receiver coach that. We have receivers not getting separation. Jordan Matthews is not now on IR. And here we go again. Tyrod Taylor has no healthy wide receivers. But neither does Nathan Peterman. Whoever starting. I don't care if you start Joe Webb at this point. I just want to see a W. You could play all three quarterbacks tomorrow. Or I should say Sunday against the Colts. And come out with something new. I really don't care at this point. Because I can't come up with a game plan to beat the Colts. The Colts are about middle of the pack and, and stopping the run rate. It's actually one of their strong suits. Okay. Um, but I believe one of their guys, totally forgot his name, is is in, could be injured and was very good at stopping the run. I believe in linebacker. So, um, look, this team is weird to me. And... Again, this podcast isn't about ripping players. It ain't about ripping coaches. I really don't touch players. But I do think it's a coach's job, and not think, it is a coach's job to put a player in position position to succeed. I don't want to hear that the Bills need new this, they need new that, they need this, they need new this. I don't want to hear about all these players they need. You could have every damn pick in the draft. As far as I'm concerned, 
These guys haven't showed me anything yet that they can draft players. So how am I going to give the keys, which we don't have a choice as Bills fans, to the GM and be like, hey, pick players. Well, we had to go into pedigree. We had to go trust people who put a lot of research into this. Okay, well, next thing. I don't trust Rick Dennison's offense. Because, again, it looks like these coaches did not put on the film. No disrespect. But that's what it looks like. And, frankly... How do we send this coaching staff who they thought Nathan Peterman was ready or was that a call from the top? That's I don't know if that was a call about Sean McDermott to move Nathan Peterman in there. But I will say it is a little – people kind of missed the fact that this opening line or two was I want to make it clear essentially that I made the change of quarterback. That's a great way to just get to the next spot. But that's also a great way to make – it so that maybe he didn't make the change and he's very methodical and he's very, you know, insert whatever. But there doesn't seem to be a spot of urgency. The, the team caves. Now, look, offensively, this team is, is facing, the, the Bills are facing a bad Indianapolis Colts defense. And I really think they have every opportunity to put some points up through the air on the Colts, and in theory, this might sound weird, but we always say the Bills need to pass to open up the run, right? I think the Bills should run the ball. And one thing I'm worried about with Rick Dennison is he mentioned it. I don't know if he just says it off the cuff to give the media something to bite on, but he mentioned in a recent, I believe Monday, that he does script the first 15 plays. A few games ago, the Bills didn't get through more than 16 plays and a half. I think it was like five games ago. So, what are you saying? The team is not good at making halftime adjustments. It's like they go in there against the Patriots at halftime. All right, we're holding on. We're down by six points. (laughs) And, yeah, just keep doing that. And the other team comes out of the locker room, makes adjustments, And then the Bills end up with no points in the second half. And, yeah, you could say they would have more if Tyrod didn't throw the ball, an interception. You could say maybe Nathan Peterman should have uh, not thrown a fade ball. But that's what you do when it's a zero blitz like that. You got to get rid of the ball. And credit to Peterman for doing that. At the same time, you have, again, a Hall of Fame running back and LaShawn McCoy in the backfield. Why don't you spread them out in your spread offense you're running today, like with no tight ends, and run the ball out of that? Can we do that? Where there's nobody attached to the line? <laughs> you know what I mean? Can we can we try that? Can we try something different? I, I You know what I mean? So it's like you can look at the Indianapolis Colts up and down and think it's a, it's an easy win for the Bills, but I'm sorry. I am not giving any win to this Bills team until they could show what they can do. The Colts are a mess. Listen to the Locked On Bills preview. Okay, it's a crossover show with Kevin Masseri and a guy from Stampede Blue. 
And uh, his name is Matt Danley, or Danley, D-A-N-E-L-Y. So, great podcast, Lockdown Bills, number 63, the crossover preview show. Great stuff in there. You want to know about how Brissett's been doing. Um, you want to know about um, also, you know, defensively, how do they do. And they're good at stopping the run. And that's why I almost think that if Peterman started, it would kind of maybe rock the world a little bit because the cornerbacks out there have a combined four starts or maybe even four games between them, something crazy, right? So if your cornerbacks are, are, are inexperienced, it doesn't mean that you're – they're still in the NFL, okay? This is still an NFL team the Bills are playing. If these cornerbacks go against Nathan Peterman and they just squat on routes, we're going to see more interceptions. I credit Peterman. I'm not giving up on Peterman. I, I like Peterman. I think he was a good pick. I like where the Bills picked him up. But he's a Pittsburgh guy, and it's kind of fishy to me that the Pittsburgh guy gets a start and gets drafted to the organization. You know what I mean? He graduated from Pitt. The owners are from Pitt, throwing it out there, or support Pitt a lot, okay? So just throwing it out there, and I just want Nathan Peterman to develop. I don't want to retard his development. I don't want this kid's confidence to be shot. I want a quarterback's coach to come in and, and coach up these quarterbacks. I want to have an offensive coach who understands what they do well. Uh, an offensive coordinator who, game plan-wise, can be like, hey, football, again, another coaching point. Coaching point number three for the show, right? Coaching. Football is all about matchups, right? But we see Tolbert doing what he's not good at. Swing passes. Pitches. Granted, Tolbert hasn't been in. I believe Cadet is still in uh, concussion protocol. And I do like Cadet. Uh, but I do like more screen passes. I would like to see more screen passes. I, I feel like the Bills are so abysmal with it. You have Deion Dawkins, by the way, impressing. Okay? Deion Dawkins and Richie Incognito on the left side are just mauling people. And every time anything goes to the right, it's just, for the most part, it seems to my naked eye two-thirds of the time, Something not good happens. It's a game of mismatches, right? Let's do step one. What do our players do well? Can you go through the plays and find out what our players do well? That's it. On offense. like If your first 15 plays are scripted because you want to see what they throw at you, that's great. But when you're getting three and outs... Let's keep that creative offense we had going the first drive of the game against the Patriots for the whole game. That was great. That was a perfect offense, uh, offensive drive. And then the Bills just kind of sputter here and there. You know, they didn't have as many three and outs. You know, they've been slowly getting better. But we shouldn't be this far into the season without something to identify in the offense that can work. And there's individual players making plays here and there. There's flashes. But it's really unfair to a quarterback like Tyrod, I think, and Nathan Peterman, I think, to be inside of 
this organization and be really criticized when I don't think it's just them. I think it's a lot of players are doing things that are not tailored to their strengths. And maybe Nathan Peterman does well. You know what I mean? Maybe he he does flourish in this system if Denison stays around next year. I don't know. But I do know one thing. The Bills have two first-round picks next year, and there might be a couple teams at the top that might have an early pick. We don't know how it's going to fare out. I'm looking at the Colts. If the Colts can keep losing and they have Andrew Luck, you can either A, trade for injury-prone Andrew, Andrew Luck, who some people think is overrated, at the same time, he doesn't have an offensive line in front of him, so what are you going to have? Oh, I don't know, a quarterback that just gets killed and throws picks. So you got that in Peterman. So you got Tyrod Taylor while he holds on to the ball too long, and while he doesn't get rid of it. Okay, everybody is a quarterback evaluator now. And yeah, you're right. He doesn't get rid of it. There are times where there's guys wide open, you know, a wide open Nick O'Leary with so much feel like, dude, a little touch, a little touch. I'm with you. I'm with you. That's why I said earlier, throwing Peterman, see what you think. Okay, I guess you could tell me on that because it's under 100 yards passing again for the Bills. Then again, LaShawn McCoy almost hits 100 yards running or rushing against the Pats. And no, we don't feed him the ball more. We don't let a guy get into space one-on-one with people. We don't let him. If you have Deion Dawkins and Richie Incognito, On a a screen. They are going to fuck shit up. I don't care if the Bills run like 12 of them in a game to LaShawn McCoy. Do something. Do something different. Put on the tape. I don't care if I got to talk to Eric and have him put on a highlight tape for me of the Bills' best plays the last two years with some of his personnel. Let's do it. Send it right to the top. I don't know what's got to happen, but I want to see in these last four games what the Bills can do well so we can build in the next year. And I still want the Bills to make the playoffs. Make no mistake. I don't want a coach getting fired. I'm a very empathetic person. Anybody who doubts that, have a conversation with somebody who knows me and I'm trying to back me up, but I will try to say I try to have a heart. Um, I don't want to see people lose their job. I'm a contractor myself. I lived through the fucking recession. It was really hard to... You know, I beat myself up for years thinking it's all my fault that things are really hard and maybe I'm not doing a good job, but things happen. But a coach's job, you know, I have certain techniques I use. I'm not going to, I'm a drywall finisher. What that means, I take drywall mud, I spread it on the wall, I make it look beautiful. That's my job. I also sand a lot of drywall. I also contract drywall. So I'll call people, send them to places and they'll hang board and people are happy. I go finish it. And we make dreams happen. But I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to hire a roofer to go hang drywall. I'm not going to call a cider to come in and push mud off of a drywall knife. I'm not going to call a barber. Actually, that's way too far off. That's like saying having a basketball player come play football. I just want to put my guys in position. To do shit, okay? And the shit they do well, let's do it. Get the ball in space. LaShawn McCoy. There's how many years? How many years? There's an Instagram page dedicated to McCoy highlights. 
Just LaShawn McCoy highlights. I would like to see some of those plays implemented where you look at the offensive line, what they're doing in Buffalo and Philly, and what LaShawn McCoy can do, which is just about anything. So, what's that mean? You got to create space. So, how do you do that? You send out the goddamn hammer, Richie Incognito, with the young, bright Deion Dawkins coming up, and they just maul people. Maybe throw a tight end out there. Not Nick O'Leary. Throw Charles Clay on that side for a play. And one of the best blocking tight ends in the league. Believe it or not. I could be wrong. But that's what I've assumed the last few years when they talk about him. Complete tight end Charles Clay. Very underrated. Next thing you know, you work off that run. You work into your play action. And what are the Bills been very good at? Play action. What are the Bills very good at? Getting their quarterbacks like Tyrod on the move so he can have and find some passing lanes. Don't get too cute. That's it. That's all I want to see from the Bills in the next four games. Um, again, you want a really good preview. Uh, looks like I'm not going to get Kevin on. I still might get him on tomorrow, which would be Friday or Saturday. So check it out with Kevin coming up, I hope, because I really want to talk about Tyrod and this whole uh, – I know quarterback is kind of an overplayed topic, but I love giving my take, and I try to save quarterback for when I really want to talk about it. Um, but I just want to say, like, to the Bills, I, I – I just want to see them put something consistent together. I believe in the players. Uh, I don't want to say I think the coaches are in over the head. No, not at all. I, I think they're overwhelmed. I think they've had some bad breaks. I don't think the front office has helped them. Trading away chemistry. Trading away chemistry. Trading away a guy that on film and Marcel Darius, he deserves attention. Again, it's a game of mismatches. We can't live in the past. This is where we are. At the same time, these decisions are made. We're sports fans. We want to be great. And here the Patriots come into town. They run up our sideline. Nobody does a fucking thing about it. Gronkowski, nobody hits him. Nobody does shit. And then he's smiling, going into the tunnel at the fans and laughing and all this and that. I mean, I'm sitting in the stadium. And I see somebody touch Trey White out of bounds. I'm like, oh, okay. Good pick. Or whatever. He's just sitting there. I didn't think anything of it. And then I see, like, I was like, was that just number 87 just, like, kind of running over there and falling on? I'm like, what? What is this? And then replays started happening. It's like, what? And it's like, when you get home and you're seeing the video of Gronk and you just see his eyes get big and he, like, takes a few steps and just drops the hammer of dawn. Like, he definitely has a, a, a wrestling career after. He's got to do something with the raging, right? And don't get me wrong. I would love to party with Croc. I would have a good fucking time. And I've done a lot of really dumb shit. But that, it's pretty dumb. And I've done some really dumb shit. And I can't say I haven't done dumber. I've definitely done some really dumb shit. But, dude, to only get a one-game suspension on that is incredible. Because now Trey White, you have... Potentially, maybe you've gotten somebody murdered in Trey White's future, if you really think about that. If you think about what CTE is, if you think about what concussions are, if you think about that, you can get concussions riding a damn jet ski. You can get a headache. Your brain is just moving around in this fluid, and it's like putting a ball in a glass with water and just having it kind of tight, 
you know, not a bunch of movement. What's going to happen? It's like being in a car and getting in a car accident. It's like everything flies forward, right? If you hit something, if you hit a wall. Okay, well, that's your brain. And for these concussions to be taken lightly and for the league not to hammer down on Gronk and for him to get the same suspension initially as Juju uh, Juju there from the Steelers taking out Burfick, which was totally deserved, but with a clean play, and he gets the same suspension as Gronk, that's bullshit. I'm sick of this Patriots crap. The Bills need to go into Foxborough and just really just knock the fuck out of them. They got to send a message. Year in and year out, the Patriots just straight up bully the Bills. Year in and year out. It starts at the top. If you're going to get a penalty, Jerry Hughes, and it's not Jerry's necessarily fault because the refs are ticky-tack, and clearly something is up if Gronk isn't even kicked out of the game. Like, come on, dude. Do I have to go through all the Patriots games with all the refs and maybe make a little spreadsheet on what the score was, maybe some shitty calls? I got nothing but time. And the more Patriots games that are played, the more games I could break down in the last 10 years. Let's go through these crews. I wish somebody would do that. Because I want to know why the Patriots have gotten off so light this entire time. Like, if the Patriots had a problem last year running through the Bills' sideline, why isn't this a problem now? Like, why aren't people making that out to be? You know, I think it should be brought to light. Disrespectful assholes. Is it a big deal? No. But as a a person, you know, you could say it, quote, unquote, as a man, (laughs) stop pissing on my shit, man. Like, do your thing, Bills players. Go do something about it. And I hope that they come out and they smack the Colts around. I hope the Bills get their confidence up. I hope the Bills win out. You get a couple wins, you face the Patriots, you get some momentum, you get that confidence under your belt that we talked about, which is, again, why I like Sean McDermott. He's very encouraging. I think he is the smart guy that you surround smart people with. And things can happen. I do like that Brandon Bean and McDermott are on the same page. It's early. It's rocky. But really, with two first-round picks next year, there's nowhere else for this team to go up. So I have continued faith and support. Um, if you you know any feedback, again, shoot me an email, David Numb Bills fan. I'm done here. Uh, go Bills. I, I think the Bills can work to recap the three coaching points. Um, you know, use the coaching points against them. It's about matchups. It's about putting your players in position to succeed. And it's also about situational football. The Bills have blundered on all three of those more than they should. That said, again, it's a rookie coaching staff. Or it's a rookie head coach, I should say. But he's got good pieces around him. And you're in luck because Carolina has had some good drafts. So, go Bills. Again, thank you for listening. Maybe another podcast coming up. I'm your host, David Palermo, numbillsfan.com. Please subscribe. Leave a review on iTunes of some sort if you would like. And uh, also, if you'd like to pick up a shirt and soon-to-be-listed bills, apparently all my listings for my bill stuff, by the way, on my Etsy store went down. And I'm looking at my room right now with all these knickknacks. I got, like, Bill's flag, Bill's glasses, all this crap I've hoarded. Because, um, you know, you think I'm going to make, like, some memorabilia room? and No, I'm not. So... Since this podcast cost me money, I guess I might as well sell stuff that other people can have. And, uh, you know, so if you want to, hit Etsy up, buy a shirt, limited size available. I think 
XL is definitely sold out. But if you're really fat, I got some 3Xs. Or if you just want to, you know, snuggle up with yourself, you want a 3X, I got one left, I think. Got some smalls. Got a lot of smalls and mediums. I'll cut you a deal, cuzzy. Just hit me up. So, uh, anyways, numbillsfan.com. Numbillsfan everywhere. So, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I love doing Instagram. Keep up with Drunk Dean. See what he's up to. Uh, usually do video on my way to the game or during game day. Try to throw a couple funny things up during the week. And just have fun with it. So, if you love Instagram, I love Instagram. That's my favorite platform. Because it's pictures. I don't got to think. And, uh... That said, shout out to Grandstand Sports Network, Lockdown Bills Podcast, um, CoverOne.net, and as always, Punch Drunk Sports. Love those guys. Punch Drunk Sports, disciples pretty much of the Joe Rogan Podcast. Joe Rogan Podcast changed my life. Without that, this podcast wouldn't be here because before Joe Rogan Podcast, when I was listening, I think Burt Crush was my first one. First time Burt was on, I was like early hundreds. I was like, this is crazy. What is this? And then I heard Joey Diaz and my mind was blown. And then I got to have good conversations. If you like good podcasts and audio and don't listen to Joe Rogan, man, really check it out. Uh, really good organic conversations where, you know, a lot of people tell me, man, you need formats. You need formats. You need to have. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The way we've been listening, most of us, to radio our whole life is you have to have like a little dumb commercial that ruins a conversation. You have to have a dumb little thing to ruin or whatever. I don't really like that i like to have flow um i don't like this organization but i like to have a good conversation and even if that means talking to myself for 37 minutes and 45 seconds so check out joe rogan experience podcast really awesome i can't say it enough it's changed my life it's changed my perspective if you've had the same friends especially the same job for like 20 years 10 years five years you feel like maybe your life is kind of fucked maybe you have bad luck maybe try to change your perspective um, and I've had to do this a few times in my life. I've, if you've been following along, I've had a pretty hell of a life year. So, uh, you know, but things are looking up. And by the way, I'll be going to the Thurman Thomas charity event Friday, um, with my girlfriend. So that should be fun. And, uh, I made a little donation to them. So hopefully I guess it's the first time doing a donation. It has to do with kids. And, um, it's Friday, December 8th. So, which is tomorrow. So, if you're listening to this now. So, it goes from 530 to 830. 500 Seneca Street. Hydraulic Laos to Atrium in Buffalo. 14204. And um, it is called the Thurman Thomas Family Foundation First Holiday Bash. And it sounds fun. There's going to be some good people there like LaShawn McCoy. It's going to be Jim Kelly. Some other regulars. You know, Thurman staple people. I'm really excited. I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to wear. I know it sounds stupid. But... I mean, I'm going to the Nutcracker tonight. I know, I'm kind of classy today. Going to the Nutcracker. Conditioned my hair. And uh, tomorrow I'll be at the charity event. Looking uh, forward to it. To see, like, what the hell goes on here? Do people rage? Do people tell jokes? Or is it just like a kid's event? Is there a bounce house? Either way, I'll be there with some toys to donate to the kids. And uh, so, again, shout out to that event. And uh, I guess it's Patty Thomas's first event from what I heard from Thurman Thomas on the John Murphy show this week, uh, setting up and uh, she killed it. So good for her. And I'm really looking forward to tomorrow, Friday, 530, the Thurman Thomas Family Foundation First Holiday Bash at the atrium. So I'll be heading that way to local music stores and pawn shops and thrift shops tomorrow. So take care. 
It's been fun. Numb Bills fan everywhere. Love you more. I'm your host, David Palermo.